reality TV star Ryan Jenkins killed his wife and stuffed her body in a suitcase. This is what happened when an imposter like him was confronted with some hard reality about himself. Where he killed her and what he did to her body tells me you can't get too close when someone so shallow is concerned about being discovered. Next on Drowning Verdict, I rehash the bloody scene at a posh hotel and I reveal why it happened where it did, in confined spaces, all the way up until the end. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this confusion, I've lost track myself. So why don't you forget about it and check out the link at the top of this episode's description. Get yourself a free website. I've used Strikingly since they were founded and have always appreciated their amazing templates and tools. Click the link, get started, and you'll find that it's free to build a basic site in minutes. Strikingly gives you everything for not only one website, but multiple if you've got some time to kill. So if you feel lucky, check it out today. Link for you in the description. Hello and welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me and I go more in depth with the case. So thanks a lot for joining me today. You might have found me on my YouTube or my Twitter, which is a good way to get the latest episodes in that format. If you liked what you hear in the sample, click the link in the description to get the full episode and check it out. If you're on my YouTube, that's a good place to be. You'll get full episodes of Drowning Verdict, plus my other show called Glock Watchers. So subscribe, come back for more, be more part of what I do. And also on my YouTube, there's a link to my TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. I know you are, so maybe we can connect there. You can check out some of the uh, videos that way if you like TikTok. And also, want to mention my sponsor, Strikingly.com beautiful website builder there's a link at the top of this episode's description which will get you a free website in fact you can get multiple free websites with strikingly just to get started and if you need anything from there uh, they have everything inside their system i've been using strikingly strikingly since they've been founded and i've just found them to be number one above all website builders so check them out if you need something for your personal brand your business they are the best they are my sponsor strikingly.com link in the description get that free website and just get going in uh building that website so we all need one um but through the intro into the episode and why we're here today because if you've heard me before i talk about a reason to listen you know what's the reason to talk about a case like the one I got for you today, which you might have heard of before because it's over 10 years old. Well, I think it's an interesting case, but there's something to be learned from it and applied for the future. So there's a reason to actually talk about it some more. And uh, speaking of the word reason, you know, I'm an author. I like words. Um, reason is also a podcast platform where you can get your favorite podcast. And I'm on there. I think it's pretty cool. So if you look at the list of the descriptions, um inside the episode on youtube you can check out drowning verdict on spotify you can check it out on apple and then this other uh podcast platform that i like it's pretty cool called reason and i think it fits for what i do because i try to give you a reason to listen to stay with me so on to the case what i'm talking about 
Lately, I've been talking about a lot of open and active cases because, you know, I'm interested and there's something that I have to say about them. So if you look at uh, the last couple episodes on Drowning Verdict, those are open and active cases, something to be learned, applied, possibly shared, maybe some truth here and there in those episodes. But definitely they are of interest to me and I know they are of interest to you. This case, uh, as I mentioned, is about 10 years old. It's a closed case. It's done it's over but there's something to be learned and there's some things that i kind of pick apart from the case to provide you um you know the reason to listen the reason to think about and go hmm haven't heard that one before maybe i'll digest that maybe i'll share it with a friend and think about that for future stuff that comes out because you know maybe it could happen again it could happen again especially in our society which is becoming more and more narcissistic as we uh, you know, go through these, uh, these new periods in technology where we're all, um, you know, you know it yourself that you're faced with, uh, you know, do I post this? Do uh, what are other people going to think about me posting pictures of myself? You know, how can I control my own behavior? And so I think our behaviors from a psychology standpoint can really, um, is, you know, something to be studied and a lot of times with true crime they can just spin out of control so i think there's something to be learned uh we're definitely not going uh backwards as far as narcissism goes we're just moving into a whole nother dimension and what are people going to be like in the future so here's a classic case i think of somebody who is a narcissist it is the case of uh, ryan jenkins and um, the person he killed, his former wife, her name is Jasmine Fiore. And you've probably seen it on TV, you've probably heard about it in other places. I'm talking about it because I have a reason to talk about it. And I'm the reason why I'm bringing it up is because of a thing called imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome wasn't something that we talked about 10 years ago, but it is something that we are talking about more today it's more of a keyword or a key term within the last two to three years imposter syndrome a lot of psychologists talk about it i'm not one i'm an author um, i'm into true crime obviously i've got this podcast but i can't diagnose you with anything or even you know um do that within my true crime but i'm taking this on imposter syndrome term and i'm talking about it because i see it within this case that someone with a deep uh, narcissistic beliefs uh, within their own self aligned with uh, imposter syndrome has turned into something more of a monster and I think that this is what happened and how this uh, case came to be where somebody got killed and I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome within a confined space and that's really the reason for the podcast today but just to give you some background on the um the murder itself it happened way back in 2009 it was um ryan jenkins and jasmine fiore they were a couple uh, who was married for a little bit of time and he obviously was somebody who wanted her but she didn't want him she was just there and i think if you look at some of the videos that you might see um on the internet or even in some of the television shows where they show them together you can tell that she is not even halfway in that relationship she's just there he's hanging on to her and she really wants to be with somebody else and you know you can really get that feeling by reading about this case by looking at the videos that you know what body language has to say but the imposter 
the imposter who was Ryan Jenkins was somebody who had pawned himself as a, a millionaire, somebody who was on previous reality TV shows from really the uh, the heyday of really bad reality TV from like the mid 2000s. Um, something about you know uh, being a millionaire and you know getting the girl to uh, you know winning the prize at the end, kind of like The Bachelor for for millionaires or something. Well, turns out that the um, the uh, program who was running the show and the um, companies that they used to do the background checks and the due diligence didn't do it on Ryan Jenkins, and he was just pawning himself off as somebody who was a millionaire, who was successful, like late 20s, maybe early 30s or so, and just was a millionaire, but that wasn't the case. And actually, I believe it was his family that had uh, more money than he did. And maybe that's where it was rooted in him to start playing the role, which is not kind of fake it till you make it, but becoming that imposter, something you truly aren't. And that's why I've titled this episode, um, you know, Murder in a Confined Space, because we're going to find out what happens when somebody is outed within these small confined spaces and how they react. But he was um, playing that role, thinking that the money that was made by the family uh, was really his, and that's just what he was entitled to. Now, that is one of the key uh, definitions you actually see, like on Google, of imposter syndrome, how it's rooted in the family, how it's this narcissistic belief, and it really, they think, starts in the family. So that's what I think happened here, because from what I've heard, the family was uh, more well-off than he was, and him trying to make it on his own, maybe in real estate, maybe in other business ventures, just wasn't happening, at least right now. And in a, in a society where we have instant gratification, you know, we can no longer wait a year. We can no longer wait even, um, you know, a month for success. We've got to have it right now, which is what I kind of mentioned before about how more narcissistic we are becoming as a society. It seems as if it's that way. So it's no longer, you know, patiently waiting to have some success. Um, it's got to happen right now or it's never going to happen. So he had that, that um, uh, you know, narcissistic belief rooted in the family. And this imposter syndrome is a little bit different, I think, than somebody who is faking it till they make it. They truly believe that they are a millionaire. They truly believe that they are right now and they're playing that role. And I think that's what happened with the wife, the, the person he was trying to be with, trying to uh, control her life to bring it into his world. But what I think happened um, is that the imposter was found out that she had confronted him. And what she didn't know um, is how he would react within a confined space. Because the the uh, thing that they don't want to have happen, an imposter, someone like this, they don't want to be found out. They don't want the fraud to be revealed, which is why... Um, the murder itself or, or her uh, initially being beaten and attacked happened within a confined space, which was her Mercedes Benz. They were in her car, a Mercedes, and they were coming from another posh hotel. They were staying at one hotel and they were going to another hotel for like a um, some sort of casino night, some sort of quasi celebrity event, uh, things like that. You know, not A, B, C celebrities, but more like, you know, <laughs> on the other end of the alphabet and so doing that as like a, a casino night and the an original attack the attack on her happened in that car that's a confined space and he started 
beating on her. Um, he had hit her in the arm uh, before. I think it was in Las Vegas or something. Uh, don't remember the full story, but he had hit her before and was charged. Um, the police came out and, and looked at her for you know uh, that incident being a domestic assault. So that was nothing like what happened in the car because I think that um, he might have seen some texts going off with another man she wanted to be with, somebody who was not an imposter but probably had a lot of money, who was who was wealthy and what she really wanted to be with a wealthy man. I'm not saying that she was a gold digger, but I'm saying that's what she wanted and that's not what he could provide. He was more of like a $30,000 millionaire. That sort of um, you know approach to um, no longer faking it till you're making it, but really trying to uh, play it off like you really are a millionaire. But you're not bringing in the cash. You don't have the, you don't have the plane. You don't have the boat. Uh, you know, you're leasing a property you don't own, and it just starts to unravel. And I think that's what happened here. And when she confronted him, or they had an argument within a confined space, he went off on her. He beat her. Um, and then the interesting thing, or the the I would say the the crazy thing about this case is when you know they have the. Um, hotel that they were staying at in the recorded video and they can see right outside the front door but they can't see outside the back entrance to the hotel room so you can see ryan going back and forth uh, rather hurriedly into the room out of the room doing some crazy stuff but she's not with him and what he's doing is taking her body that he just beat on in the mercedes and taking her across the parking lot into the rear uh entry more of a secluded uh, entry into the hotel room. Most hotel rooms only have one door you can go out, you know, one door into the hallway and, and so forth. You can't go out the back, but in this hotel, particular hotel, uh, they did have that. So there was no camera there and we couldn't see the crime taking place, but we could see him acting uh, very erratic, very different from when they had left for the evening to go to the other hotel, when they are dressed to the nines, looking great, but they weren't talking to each other they weren't looking at each other body language had a lot to say there so he had beat on her in that confined space brought her into the back patio area beat on her again i think brought her into the hotel room and then he he strangled her there so the confined space that i'm talking about is that if they were in a more open space maybe um maybe on a beach, maybe something where he didn't feel so restricted and she still had the same things to say to him, which we don't really know what happened, but we believe in several reports, TV shows on this case and so forth, that she might've been communicating with another man. He might've been um, confronted about who he was and then maybe she said she wanted to divorce him and that it, she didn't want to be with him to begin with because she couldn't he couldn't meet her needs maybe that's what it was about but if it wasn't in a confined space if it wasn't within the cabin of a car i don't think he would have beat on her i don't think that would have occurred i think that once he was confronted in a confined space then things escalated and when he went off on her he realized that there was no coming back from it there wasn't any coming back from it like the first incident, um, the domestic incident, which he punched her in the arm, and I think she fell into uh, a backyard pool. Maybe it was at a, uh, another hotel, but she reported it. That he could come back from and say, hey, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. <clears throat> but when he was confronted, his imposter syndrome, that fraud being found out, that's where he lost all control. He beat on her, she wasn't dead. There was, there was blood splatter, it was ugly, but I think it clicked and there was no coming back 
So he took the body uh, through the rear entrance of the hotel room into the um, the room itself and believed uh, it is believed that she was strangled there on the bed. And the strange craziness to this case is that she was her body was actually dismembered uh, from like her finger fingertips. Her teeth were pulled out. She was put into a, a suitcase and rolled out the back way so there wasn't any video of it and then she was dumped in a dumpster in a suitcase so she is the um you know suffered immensely there and that's what happened when somebody who was an imposter and a fraud was confronted if it were in an open space like on a you know public park or beach i think he would have you know gone a little nuts but i don't think that he would have felt like a a cornered animal who needed to attack I think he wouldn't he would have had more space to maybe control himself and that leads me to what you know how this case turned out um which is essentially uh, essentially it's a double homicide it's a it's a murder suicide and um you know just a sad situation so this was in you know august of 2009 and a week later he was on the lam he had um you know, taken items out of his uh, property in California, which I believe was a condo, um, and was on the was on the run. And he was headed towards Canada, where he was from. And alerts went out. There were actually, uh, you know, alerts around the uh, the border towns, the water border areas of Canada, uh, where he was headed. And I believe it was British Columbia and actually the town of uh, Hope or near the town of Hope in British Columbia, which was famously, if you remember the movie um, First Blood, the original Rambo story, that's where it was filmed. So he ended up in a hotel room there, uh, wrote his um, kind of his last will and testament, talked about um, things that, uh, you know, he blamed his wife for. And this is where I think it all comes together, um, which I, you know, talked about a confined space is that yes he did take his own life he did uh use a a belt to hang himself but what he did says a lot uh, about where he was uh and where he did it he actually went into a confined space a closet like a small closet and um you know finished uh you know put the the final note on the story and that in itself was a confined space and i think that speaks volumes about um, the type of person he was and how he was that imposter and how this all escalated because I don't think that in my opinion I don't think he could have really foreseen how it was going to happen so quickly and how his life was going to spin out of control there was nothing in him it seems to say that he made a mistake and that he could go on living and find some sort of um, you know retribution or or something of it in the future he everything was gone it escalated really quickly and i think that imposter syndrome when he was confronted in that in that confined space of that mercedes it it really just set him off where he couldn't control himself and to to have him go into that hotel room into that closet which was a confined space and you know uh put the final uh you know sentence on the story i think that says a lot i think that says that he was um you know the narcissism the 
the the thing that said that you should be a millionaire and why aren't you a millionaire and you're in your maybe you know your uh, younger part of life that you should already be a millionaire and be successful well you can look good you can wear the clothes but can you buy you know the beautiful house can you have the trappings um of what um or some of the symbols that uh you know true wealthy people have i think he was trying to mortgage it i don't think he could own it he was trying to mortgage it and i think um in my belief in my experience it would it says to me that his uh spouse the, the woman who probably wanted to be with him uh maybe more in a dating relationship but was convinced to marry him i think she confronted him i think she uh, put him in his place and you and she didn't know how dangerous that would be in a confined space and that's what happened there was no coming back from that and therein lies um you know the tragedy so lessons to be learned is that you know imposter syndrome it wasn't a key term 10 years ago but it is something today and how does that relate to future crimes and how people are going to act when they themselves are suffering from this this imposter kind of attitude that they can't really see you know the narcissism is not something that they can um you know look at in in the mirror or the reflection of their phone and say hey i i like to take pictures of myself and, and show people but i shouldn't be doing it you know 500 times a day i there's something wrong here there's something devious at work and when it is rooted in the family which is one of the key components of in, in, imposter syndrome is that it's rooted in the family that i think that um nothing good can come from it so this is uh, an interesting case of somebody who maybe we didn't use the term imposter then maybe we were talking about faking it till you make it but he certainly wasn't trying to fake it he certainly thought he was entitled to it and when somebody in my opinion somebody he was married to called him out on it and actually was i think communicating with somebody else who she wanted to be with somebody who had a plane who had money who had access to things all the things that she wanted and that he wasn't that was uh you know the recipe for um how you know she was killed and how he had taken his own life within a matter of a week and um you know he when he did take his life he didn't jump off a building he didn't do something other uh than putting himself into a confined space and taking his life so what does that say about um this case this tragedy of uh you know murder suicide and um you know something that uh probably not uncommon that that it it's probably something that could happen in the future if you don't know what you're dealing with so this chip mahoney um that's what i got for you today on drowning verdict hope you thought it was interesting maybe uh, you know share that give some comments about it but i think it's something to watch out for and that's what i want to talk about so thanks for joining me today on drowning verdict i'll have more for you next time thanks for listening talk to you later Bye bye